0: In the Word in Revelation chapter 7, we're given a a vision of what God is going to do. He has guaranteed this, He's going to do it. And that is, people from every tribe, tongue, and nation will be gathered before His throne, worshiping Him. Since Jesus left, He's left us with a great commission uh, to go in His name. Claiming the gospel, making nations of making disciples of every nation. So that is the task that He has given us. Right now, there's about eight billion people on planet Earth, and a majority of those have never heard about Jesus, do not have a relationship with Jesus. That's why the video said that the greatest problem in the world today is lost. Is people who are still dead in their sins separated from God. So the great commission is a task that Jesus has left us with in order to close the gap in lostness, uh, to close the gap in in unreached people groups of, of people who have never heard about Jesus or what He did for them. At Southern Baptist. The greatest way that we're seeking to close that gap among the nations is by sending out missionaries, and and we have 150 years plus in sending out missionaries all over the globe. Right now we have 3,500 plus uh, missionaries in many different nations, and if you pick up a prayer guide, it has uh, a lot of different information in it, and one of those is Among our missionaries, 90% of them are engaging at least one of those unreached peoples uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every Christmas, leading up to Christmas, uh, we have a mission offering that's very important, 100% of which goes to international missions, the International uh, Mission Board the send Missionaries to make disciples, to, to share the gospel among unreached uh, people groups. This year, our church's goal is $5,000. So I want to ask you to be praying about how much God wants you to give sacrificially toward this mission offering so that well, that gap of lostness can be closed. Pick up a prayer guide uh, on your way out and be praying. Um, there's different ways that you can pray that... Are shown in here. Uh, it's, it's very good and it's very specific, and it will be a good tool for you to be praying uh, for these missionaries and for these un- other these people. And join me in prayer, Father. Lord, we thank you for your love for humanity, your your love for all the people of the earth, um, and that. our mission. It's your love. It's your sending your son Jesus Christ on a mission to rescue sinners. To die right now uh, to share the gospel uh, with whatever people that they may be uh, working with. And and we pray that you would put the same fire in us uh, to reach people right here in our community as well. Now Lord we pray that you would open up our eyes to to truth as we open up your your word. Lord speak to us in our hearts speak to us in a very personal way Uh, change us, transform us, uh, conform us to the image of Christ and say it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Uh, some of you may remember a slogan that the Coke Company used uh, several years ago. But it's one of the most famous marketing slogans in history. And it was simply Coke, it's the real thing. And John, remember have a few graphics to show you. Um, the idea behind this was study Research was showing the co-corporation that young people at this time, this would have been the late 60s and early 70s, they were were looking for the real, the original, the natural as an escape from phoniness. And the most successful part of this marketing campaign was this commercial. And it's been featured in in other TV shows and, and different things since then but there was a commercial of a large group of young people, college-age young people, His name. We're at the end of a sermon series um, called the seven. And It's about the seven I am statements that Jesus made in John's gospel. And these are Jesus in his own words. We don't have to wonder what Jesus wanted us to think of him because he's told us. And each one of these seven I am statements start with I am. And today's statement is This is what Jesus claims about Himself. He is the source of life. He is the true vine. Let's explore this together. Turn with me in John's Gospel to John chapter 15. Likely a familiar passage for you this morning. John's Gospel chapter 15 and we're going to read down to verse 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the Word. much fruit, and prove to be my disciples. This is God's holy word. So Jesus said, I am the true vine. This was a revolutionary statement for him to make. This was an explosive statement that Jesus was making. Because Jesus is claiming to be the fulfillment of Israel. The fulfillment of all the Old Testament expectation for the people of God. Jesus Christ is the true vine. A vine was a common way in the Old Testament to symbolize the nation of Israel, the the people of God, God's Old Testament covenant chosen people, the the people of Israel. For example, in in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 21, God, through the the prophet Jeremiah, calls Israel a choice vine. He said, I planted you, speaking to Israel, a choice vine from the very best seed. How then could you turn into a degenerate foreign vine? God chose Israel. Out of all the people on the face of the earth at this time, God made Israel. He made a covenant promise to Israel. They were in an old covenant with God. Among all the people on the face of the earth. God wanted to use Israel as a light to the nation. They were his choice vine. How did things go for Israel? Being God's choice vine. Even though God loved them. Even though God had selected them. They didn't love him back. They were continually disobedient to God. They were continually worshiping worshiping the idols of the nation. Rather than being the choice vine that God had called them to And walking in the fruit of obedience, they turned their backs on God. They became a degenerate foreign vine because they worshiped the gods of the nations. Now, here comes Jesus in the the fullness of time. God sends his one and only son through the nation of Israel. Jesus was an Israelite. And he comes and he's making this claim about himself, using the words of the Old Testament, saying that I am the true I. In other words, I am the true Israelite. I am the true people of God. Where Israel failed in the past to obey God, to walk in His light and His commandments, I've come to bring light to the world. I've come to be the source of the real thing. I've come to bring life to all the people who will come to me, who will enter in through me. He all trust in Him. Jesus put it like this, I am the vine and you are the branches. To be connected to Jesus Christ means that we're connected, interconnected to each other. The people of God. Jesus Christ is the true vine and His Father is the gardener. He's tending the the vineyard. He's tending the garden. He's taking care of his people. And he's providing his very best. That is his one and only son, Jesus Christ, so that we may have life. We may have our source of life in him by being in union with Christ, connected to him like branches on a vine. This is where it gets really important to us. How do you know if you're truly connected to Jesus Christ? How do you know and be assured that you're a part of the people of God? Well, this passage tells us one clear answer. and The answer is fruit. It's fruit berry Look at verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. Jesus is our source of life. He's a perfectly healthy vine. If a branch is connected to a healthy vine, to its source of life, it only follows that it too will be healthy. While in the Old Testament, Israel was rather fruitless as a whole. Of course, there were individual Israelites who were truly looking forward to the Messiah who were saved who were part of the, the true people of God. But many of the Israelites were Israel of the flesh, as Romans 9 and 11 put it. They were walking under their own power. So they were lifeless. They were fruitless. They, they worshipped the idols of the nations rather than trusting in their source, Yahweh God. But it's not like that for us today. Because to belong to the people of God means to belong to the true Israel of God. And in Jesus Christ, I am the true vine. And it's through him that we produce spiritual fruit and thus know that we're a part of the people of God. So two questions follow. What does it mean to produce spiritual fruit? And then how do we produce spiritual fruit? Well, question number one, we we'll look elsewhere in the New Testament. We're actually given basic definition of what spiritual fruit is. What it it means when we're remaining in Christ, when we produce spiritual fruit, Galatians chapter 5 tells us this. This is what it means. This is the the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We're told these come from the Holy Spirit of God. The, the fruit of the spirits. So when someone turns from their sin and trusts in Jesus Christ, they're given the down payment of the Holy Spirit. He comes to live inside of them. The, the counselor, the, the Paraclete. This is the spirit of Christ living inside of them. Once again, Jesus is the source from beginning to end. Spiritual fruit isn't something that we work up in ourselves in and of our own spiritual strength and power because we have none. Spiritual fruit is produced by Jesus, by being connected to the Source through the Holy Spirit. And it looks like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And this is a work of the Spirit. The more we rely on Jesus Christ daily, spiritual eyes on Him, the more power that we have in the Holy Spirit and the more fruit that we're going to show in our daily life. Basically, this is the character of Christ in our own lives. This is being conformed to the character of Jesus Christ. This is what it means to have spiritual fruit. So if you have Christ, John chapter 15 tells us, if you have Christ, if you're attached to the, the perfectly healthy vine, the, the source of life, it only follows that you are going to produce fruits. Now, there are different varying amounts of fruits that disciples will have. And we're shown this in the, the parable, oftentimes called the parable of the soils the productive vine or the productive branch in that parable produces different yields. So it, it may be true that a more mature disciple is going to produce more fruit than an immature disciple, but nonetheless, all disciples are going to have some kind of spiritual fruit because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Once again, because he is the Bible. He is the source. So now, question number two. So we see what it means to be producing spiritual fruit. Now, question number two was how do we produce spiritual fruit? The answer is we continually rely on Jesus Christ and not ourselves. Jesus told us here. We use this this phrase over and over again in this passage. The one who remains in me, and I in him, produces much fruit. Because you can do nothing without me. Remaining in Jesus, some translations, and I rather like this translation, says abide. Abiding brings the mind to living in. Remaining, abiding, means relying on. Relying on means remaining or abiding. So how do we produce spiritual fruit? We continually rely on Jesus. We continually trust in him for absolutely everything in our lives. We come to him like little children dependent on him. In in verse 7, he brings up the topic of prayer that, that if we ask whatever we want, then he's going to give it to us. It doesn't mean what we selfishly want. It means as our will is conformed to the will of Christ, as we're seeking to rely more on him, we're going to be asking him for more. We're going to be asking for his will to be. As Jesus says here, they wither away. Those who do not remain in Him wither away and do not have life in them. This is contrasted with those who do have life in them because they are connected to Jesus. They bear much spiritual fruit. Because they're connected to the source of life. They're spiritually alive because he is the true God. And this greatly glorifies God to show this contrast. The contrast between the people of the world and the contrast of his people producing spiritual fruit in the world that is very much like a desert. Verse 8 tells us about this. My father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit. And then, what is the mark of a true disciple? My father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit. fruit in your life through Jesus Christ. If you are the real thing, if you are really attached to Jesus, like a branch is attached to the vine, you're also going to produce the spiritual fruit of life transformation and change and conformity to Christ. And again, that isn't you producing it, it's the Holy Spirit in you producing it as you rely on Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. So at this we have a problem. What if you don't see any fruit in your life? What does fruitlessness mean for someone? I'll close with three suggestions for someone that isn't seeing fruit in their life. You profess faith in Jesus Christ. You may have been baptized, but you don't see fruit in your life at this point. So what does that mean? Suggestion number one. your present-day struggles that you're having, struggles over sin, struggles over doubt. Think of what you were like when you first came to know Christ, when you were very much a baby Christian. Now think forward in your mind about what you were like now. And ask God to discern if there is spiritual change that has taken place. Ask the Holy Spirit to point that out to you if, if there is. Another thing that you can do is sit down with a trusted friend who is a mature Christian. Talk through this with him. Talk about your anxiety that you don't see any spiritual fruit. Ask them If they see spiritual fruit in you. And remember this too. seen any spiritual fruits? remind yourself that your salvation was never dependent on the fruit of obedience <clears throat> we are saved by grace through faith alone we're saved through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ Faith in Jesus Christ is what connects us to God. It it makes us belong to the people of God. It was never about earning anything. It was never about earning our way in. Think of it like this. Faith in the gospel, faith in Jesus Christ, is the root that's our the root of our union with Christ the, the, the root of our salvation that's how we get in and that is how we're saved by a faithful one obedience then is the fruit, is the outworking of that salvation how we handle the guilt that we may feel the insult lack of assurance that you may feel, you look to Jesus. You remind yourself of the grace of God, that you weren't saved by what you do or what you accomplish for God. You're saved by grace and grace alone. Okay. Suggestion number three. If you don't see spiritual fruit in your life and maybe perhaps you've prayed about this, and you continue to look, you still are convinced, I don't see any spiritual fruit. Look to Christ and be saved. Look to Christ and be saved. Having no fruit may, perhaps, mean you need to look to Christ for salvation. It may mean that you have been lying On your own works rather than the work of Jesus Christ for your salvation. Look to Christ and be saved. All that matters is knowing Him. All that matters is being included in the people of God through faith in Him because He is the true God. Trust in His death as your death. Trust that He took the punishment. God punished Him for your sin in your place so that you didn't have to. Trust that He arose victoriously from the grave so that you can have eternal life. Jesus defined eternal life as this, and this is eternal life. That you know God and His Son, Jesus Christ, whom He has sent. Is having a relationship with God through Christ that begins the moment of belief and then continues on into eternity even after you die. Trust in Christ. In his death for you, in his resurrection for you. Confess your sins to him. Admit that you're a sinner you cannot save yourself and pray to God that he will save you. And if you cry out in God's name, in the name of Christ to be saved, He will save you. So, if you lack spiritual fruit, if you lack assurance, it could mean that you're still disconnected from God. It may very well mean that you need to trust in Christ for your salvation. Remember this: if you have Him. You know that you have the real thing. He is the real thing. And through his people, through him living in his people, through his fruitful people, he wants to show and share himself with the world. He wants his vine, his choice vine, his people. The unlike, dead Old Testament, Old Covenant Israel that was lifeless. There is life in Christ. And there is now life in His people through the Holy Spirit. And we're called to remain in Christ. We're called to continually love Him and put Him at the center of our lives. To make Him the one that we worship. Make him our greatest priority, our greatest praise, our everything. And it's when we start doing that that's when people are going to see Jesus in us, and they're going to want to belong to. Do when they see the love of God through us, let's go to unity. Father, Lord, thank you that you have provided a way where we were separated from you to enter in, to belong to you, to trust in you, to have salvation. Thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus as the true Israel, the true Israelite, as the the true vine, so that we don't have to be separated from you. We can't have life in your name. Lord, I pray that for everyone here, and I pray that those who do, have trusted in Christ. Lord, I pray that they would live with greater urgency and greater power and greater reliance and dependence on the one who did save them. Lord, help him to be our one and only in our everything continually, daily trusting in Christ, daily being conformed to his image. We're thank you that this is even possible. Thank you for your love for us and your kindness and forbearance for us. It's in Jesus and not free. Amen. Will you sing? Worship Christ.